Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Esther, selected verses from chapter 4. Hear now God's word for us today. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth and ashes, wailing loudly and bitterly. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. So Esther summoned one of the king's eunuchs and ordered him, ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including Haman's plot to destroy all of the Jews across the kingdom. Then Esther instructed this eunuch to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman to approach the king in the inner court without being summoned, there is but one law, that they will be put to death. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the palace, that you alone of all the Jews will escape. Then Esther said to Mordecai, gather all of the Jews and fast and pray for me, for I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to preach this morning on the theme, the challenger. But before I do, why don't you turn to someone next to you and repeat after me. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I need the word. You do too. Let's listen. To the challenger. Amen and amen. See, I just saved you a Valentine's Day poem. (laughs) Listen, church, in two days, it will be Valentine's Day, a day where we celebrate love, relationship, and our irrational love for chocolate. (laughs) And as your pastor, I, I always want to be helpful. I want to share resources that make life easier and and meaningful to your everyday life. So today I thought I would save you some shopping time and provide a few cards that you can pick up for your very special Valentine. For example, the Bible says that love is patient and love is kind. And this card speaks to every patient and long-suffering love that binds one heart to the heart of a horrible dishwashing loader. Now, I want you to know that Javon Caldwell Gross is not here today. And I was not at his church last week when he preached about my ability to wash dishes properly. But I want him and all others who load dishwashers as if they are suffering psychosis to know that we love you and we will keep loving you and unloading the dishwasher after you forever. (sighs) Just takes my breath away. (laughs) 
Or maybe, maybe yours is a love that has stood the test of time. Decades and decades of of devotion, romance, and sweet nothings. And after all of that, you can celebrate what can only be a miracle. The fact that you still like each other. Yay! Now that is love, and this is the card for you. Happy Valentine's Day. Or perhaps, perhaps finally, you're in a relationship that has hit a rough patch. Anyone here that's ever been in a relationship can tell you, you will hit rough patches. And your beloved, they may be wondering, is this going to last? Are you going to cut and run? Well, if that's you, let your Valentine know that you are not going anywhere. No, you are committed to staying with them and annoying them now and forevermore. You should have said that in the vows, right? You see, there are so many different Valentine's cards to choose from. The romantic, the realistic, the sentimental, or even the sarcastic. And you can find them for all of the many different relationships that we have. Spouses, friends, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, co-workers, teachers, or even pets. And yet, out of all of the cards that we have to choose from, you probably won't find one addressed to the challenger. You know the challenger. The person who God puts in your life to push you, to to frustrate you, to call you to account. No, you won't find the challenger section of Valentine's cards because we typically don't celebrate this person or give them chocolates. Yet our text today reminds us that a challenger is one of three key relationships that we cannot live without. And we see that clearly through a woman named Esther and her challenger named Mordecai. Now, let's refresh ourselves on the story of Esther and Mordecai. First, Mordecai and Esther are family. We don't know the exact circumstances, but we learn from Esther chapter 2 that her parents have died and her cousin Mordecai has raised her. We also learn that they are Jews, Jews who have been exiled to a foreign land. The temple has been destroyed and now they are residing in what is Persian territory that is ruled by King Xerxes. And finally, we learn that this King Xerxes is in search of a wife. Now, he had one, one named Vashti. But when he ordered her to come into a room with his male court attendants who had been drinking for two weeks straight, she refused, as many of us would. And then she was stripped of her title and banished from the kingdom. I know this sounds like days of our lives or young and the restless, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Now, with Queen Vashti's vacancy, the king is now conducting a national search for a new queen. It sounds like The Bachelor, right? (laughs) Esther is one of the many women that's selected for their beauty and their charm and taken into the royal household. And her wise cousin Mordecai instructs her, keep your faith and and your nationality to yourself. So she follows his instructions and soon she is crowned queen. Now this could be where the story ends. Esther lives out her life as the original Cinderella minus the glass slipper and the talking mice. 
But you see, crisis creeps in. Mordecai refuses to violate his religious faith and bow down to a royal official named Haman. And Haman is enraged at this. He proposes to King Xerxes that all of these Jews need to be killed. And King Xerxes, he agrees. And so gallows are constructed across the kingdom. Now, when Mordecai hears this, he, of course, is beside himself with fear. He covers himself in ashes and sackcloth, overcome with terror at the prospect of his people losing their lives. And so what does he do? He turns to his cousin Esther, the queen. Surely she could and she would prevent this tragedy in the making. But when Mordecai asks her for help, she responds with a little bit of hesitation. She says, well, well, cousin, you, you, you know the rules, right? I can't just walk into the king's inner chamber. If I do, I could die. To which Mordecai says, don't think that because you're in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. Now, you see, Mordecai's response is the first blessing that challengers bring to each of our lives. Challengers remind us of where we came from. You see, Esther was now in the palace. She was surrounded by servants and all the amenities and accoutrements of being queen. She was literally and socially out of touch with the people who nurtured her, raised her, and made her who she is today. But Mordecai reminds her of this truth. You may be in the palace, but you're not from the palace. You have been put by God in this place of prestige, in this position of power, but this is not where you started. And I think that's a mighty word for us today because as God moves us into positions of, of power and influence, we often Forget our humble beginnings. We have this, this human tendency to, to lose touch, to lose empathy, to lose awareness for the people and the places that we came from. And so God puts challengers in our lives to maintain a connection and compassion for who and for where we started. And this tendency isn't just limited to royal courts. It's something we even find on basketball courts. Stay with me. Stay with me. I, I preached a few weeks ago that I was becoming a real Hoosier and that I'd begun to understand the game of football. But then many of you, okay, all of you stopped me after service that day. You, you, you laid hands on me. You, you prayed for me until the Holy Spirit revealed that the real game of a real Hoosier is... Okay, I want you to know the message has been received. And I want to offer to you today an instance that demonstrates what it looks to be a challenger. And we learn it from basketball. Now, this, this is something only the real Hoosiers would understand. I was watching clips of basketball with my son Joshua, and I learned about the story of Shaquille O'Neal and his multi-million dollar deal with Reebok. 
He signed for $40 million to make a shoe bearing his name that became the best selling of that season. That is until one day he's coming out of the locker room after another win. Most of the people are waiting to give him a high five or get an autograph, except for one woman, a, a, a challenging woman who had something different to say to Shaq. She began to ask him why his shoes cost over $100. She reminded him that there were children where he came from that looked up to him, that, that admired him, that wanted to be like him, but could never afford these $100 shoes. So what did Shaq do? He took the, the loose change, the $2,000 he had in cash from his pocket. He gave it to this challenging woman and said, look, I don't make the prices. Here's some money. Go, go and buy your kids some shoes. And do you know what this challenger did? She slapped the money out of his hand. This NBA all-star, this, this man who had won championships, this man who was renowned around the world, she said, I don't want your money. I want you to make something that's affordable for all children. And you know, as Shaq left the arena that night, he couldn't get the words of the challenger out of his head. He started to think about the children where he grew up. He started to think about his own mother who struggled to buy shoes for him, shoes that were abnormally large. And so he called Reebok that day, and he canceled his $40 million deal. And then he signed with Walmart. Walmart, where you can still find the Shack attacks on sale today, not for $100, but for 12 to $20. And 400 million pairs sold later, there are shoes that are available, that are cool, that are branded, not because Shaq was so moral and benevolent, but because someone had the courage to challenge him. And now I know he's not the greatest at free throws, but, but someone had the courage to challenge him to make him remember where he came from. And maybe that's a reminder that God has for somebody here today. Maybe you're the leader of the team now, the CEO of the company now, the, the manager, the, the project leader, the director, or, or maybe you've been there, done that, retired and got the t-shirt. But you see, God sends challengers into our lives to ask a powerful question. How does where you are now impact the people where you started then? How are you leveraging the level that I brought you to, not for you, but for others? These are the hard questions that a challenger raises in our lives. These are the questions that we all need to hear from the challenger that we all need to have. So who is your challenger? Who is your challenger? Who is your challenger? 
If you're not sure the answer to that question, consider that the challenger is not just someone who reminds you where you came from, but someone who reminds you who you are. Because you see, Mordecai not only reminds Esther, you didn't always live in the palace, but he reminds her that these were not always your people. Before you had a crown, before you had a court, you were simply a child of God. You were a Jewish woman, and you need to remember who you are. And you see, God sends challengers into our life so that they don't withhold the truth of our identity from us. They love us enough to tell us when we're getting it wrong, but they also love us enough to tell us the truth with love. In other words, they bring us down without tearing us down. And that's a word for for parents, grandparents, managers, leaders, or bosses. We all have people that challenge us and that we've been called to challenge. And yet sometimes we wonder why they won't receive our correction or our wisdom. And it's not because what we're saying isn't true. It's because we're not saying it with love. Because sometimes a little acid gets on our tongue when we talk. Sometimes a little poison gets on our fingertips when we reply all or post on Facebook. And we forget that the role of the challenger is to push us forward into who God has called us to be and not push us down into who we have been. You see, Mordecai calls out Esther's true identity, but he doesn't call her names. He doesn't berate her or belittle her. He challenges her. But he does so with love. And what would it look like if that child in your life who just doesn't get it, you spoke the truth to, but with love? What would it look like if you told the truth to your spouse, but with love? What would it look like if you told the truth to your co-worker but with love? What would it look like if you told the truth to your pastor or your choir member or the person sitting next to you but with love? Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like Esther responding with faith over fear. Remember in our text that when Mordecai reminds her of where she's from, who she is, and that she should act on the behalf of the Jews. She is terrified. She's afraid that if she walks into that room uninvited by the king, then she's going to die. But you see, when Mordecai reminds her who she is and where she's from, she also remembers whose she is. She remembers that while there might be a queen in this king's court, there is another king. And when this king speaks, every knee shall bow. When this king speaks, winds cease from blowing. When this king speaks, all power and glory in heaven and on earth are in his hands. And so the woman who was once 
crouching in fear becomes the woman who rises up in faith. She tells her cousin, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going into that room. Why? Because she remembers where she came from. She remembers who she is. But most of all, she remembers who God is. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. The one who can part red seas. The one who can make a way out of no way. The one who challenged a pharaoh. And the one who will be with her as she challenges a king. And do you know who will also be with her? Mordecai. You see, the final characteristic of the challengers that God sends into our lives is that when they call you out, they come alongside. The challenger doesn't just tell us what to do or what we're doing wrong, but they join us in the work that God has called us to do. That's why in our final verse, Mordecai lets Esther know that he and all of the other Jews in the community will be fasting and praying for her as she acts on their behalf. You see, she may be challenging a king, but her challenger is covering her in prayer. So I know you may have already ordered roses for your sweetheart, bought candy for your crush, or chocolate for your beloved. I heard somebody back there say, nope. (laughs) But don't forget, don't forget to thank God for your challenger. The ones who remind us where we came from, who we are who God has called us to be, and who join us in the work that God has called us to do. Maybe this Valentine's Day, you'll send that challenger a card that says, roses are still red, violets are still blue. You helped me become a better me. You helped me become who God called me to be. Thank God for your challenger.